Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Michael Fennan. Uh, the work that they're doing at Singing River Hospital is truly innovative, and as he points out, in order for it to stay innovative, we've got to be smart about the future strategically. And I think they're charting a really, really important um, a course strategically for the hospital. And, um, you know, so I'm a former CEO. I really support the difficult questions they have to answer and the important decisions they have to make. And I really believe they're moving in the right direction. So that patient care is number one. That's what always has to come first. Okay, now we're going to shift gears. I want to welcome my friend, my new friend, Chelsea George, to the table. And uh, first of all, I'll just say good morning. I'll tell you a little bit about her. How are you doing, uh, Chelsea? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You're, you're, she's an artist from, she's originally from Jackson County. She has a very unique approach to art that we're going to get into here in just a second. And uh, uh, they they moved to, to Goodman, Mississippi. Her husband is uh, employed by the college there, and that's where they live. But boy, coastal Mississippi is in her heart. And if you look at her art, there is absolutely no doubt about that. Isn't that true, Chelsea? That's right. The coast is very special to me. Yeah, you know, you're from Jackson County. We're really lucky to have Singing River Hospital, aren't we? We're very lucky for it. My my husband and I were both born there. And then, like I said, my parents, they both had health issues over the last year. And they, I mean, their lives were saved by those doctors at Singing River. There, there, there are a number of specialties that they're zeroing in on and you know they're wanting to be they wanting to be cut, cutting edge for this region and and you got to really support their efforts to do that. Um, listen, we'll get into we'll get into your unique approach to oyster shells and some of your other art here in just a second. Your growing social media awareness, how you've grown your business, you've branched out into other states. It's a really cool story. And as I was telling you, I've been around a lot of creative people in my life. Uh, you never know when that next creative brainstorm is going to unlock an opportunity. And that certainly is true in your case, isn't it? Yes, that's true. So, okay. When did you know you were going to be an artist? So when I was growing up, I was always really crafty. Um, And then I really, I didn't do much growing up. I took a few art lessons, but um, I had told Rebecca on our show, like when I was little, we would catch blue crabs out of our backyard and we would, shell them and dry the shells out and make Christmas ornaments. So it's always been something like that that we've done. And we spent all of our childhood out at the islands. And I grew up on a, on a bayou. So we would launch the boat and go out and, you know, spend all day out in the water. And I would always try to find driftwood or something to make something with for my parents. So, um, and then in high school, I, t- I took my high school art class and I liked it, but I never really went for it. It was in 2020 during COVID when I was stuck at home that I was bored. And that's when I really got into painting. And I love my oyster shells, but I really love to paint. So, so okay, so did painting come natural to you? How did you sort of hone your skill? So what I tell people all the time is if you, I, I love to paint and I wasn't very good at it at first, 
But if you want to be good at something, you have to put it in front of you all the time. So on all social media, I follow artists that I like. Um, you know, everything I see when I'm scrolling TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, it's all art. So that's one way, you know, I'll see something and be inspired by it or see something and learn a new skill of how, how to do something with acrylic paint. And that's how I got into doing what I do. And if you look at my paintings in 2020 versus now, I mean, it, you know, people can't believe that I've just been doing it for two years. That's, that's incredible. You know what? I think the other part of your story, and it's, it's a part that I really love. And that is there's a lot not good about the internet. There's a lot not good about social media. And certainly we've talked about all those things here on the show, but for an artist that is trying to sort of make their way, the uh, the you know the social media in particular you know I would think Instagram, Facebook and and all the other capabilities platforms really has a way of taking an artist like you and unlocking the world to you. I mean it's it's incredible what can happen, isn't it? Well, it's like when I first posted, uh, I started out with oyster shell ornaments. My mom had brought me some blue crabs. They break easy, so I was like, I don't want to spend all that time doing that. So when she brought the ornaments. And I posted them and people liked them. And that was, you know, gratification to do that. Somebody liked what I made. So just, you know, if I didn't have social media to do that, I, would, I wouldn't be creating. Yeah, started out as sort of a, a creative outlet, making gifts for your family. And, and it just evolved from there, didn't it? It did. So, okay. What, give me a sense of a social media connection that has been created, a customer specifically. And then being in some far-fetched way that you, it blows your mind. I have people from California, um, all over the place. And they, they really help me out because they see my stuff and they say, oh, that reminds me of home. I, I really want it. So that's, you know, one example of that because they, they see it and I, I'm able to create something that they want to spend money on. And it reminds them of Mississippi and of the coast. Yeah, so everything has sort of a coast connection, doesn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of your art, a commission piece might not have that connection, but I would say 99% of what you do is coastal oriented, isn't it? Yeah, it's all my paintings. I love to paint uh, bayous because I grew up on one and it's just, I don't paint from a picture or anything. I just kind of create it as I go. I've got one behind me. Um, yeah. So that that's one that I did I've recently. been there. I've been there to that scene for the and radio audience. People, what it is, it's a, it's a scene fire. somewhere on the backwaters, maybe somewhere in Pascagoula, off of the Pascagoula with the marshes and sort of yeah. inland waterways. It's, it's a familiar place for you if you if you just did that from memory. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's all of them are from memories. I did one uh, not long ago and I got done. I said, oh, that's Whiskey Bayou up on the, the river. You know, so yeah. I, I, those are my favorites to paint. That is so cool. So you got you went from you went from painting and ornaments, and you just kind of continue to evolve. Um, before we get into your unique approach to um, magnolia uh, uh, flowers, etc., you know when how how did you decide what is going to be something that you create that's more of a craft versus actually painting a painting? Or were you doing both of those things simultaneously? Um, so I would get really bored with the magnolias 
and because they were very repetitive and I still get bored with them. And when I'm in between creating those, I'll get my canvases out and paint. But I also had um, a gallery. She contacted me and she she said, would you consider it a craft or a fine art? And I was like, I don't, you know, these magnolias, I don't know. And she said, well, I wouldn't put them next to craft art if you sent them to me. So that gave me an idea of what I was dealing with and what I was going to be selling them for as I went on. So, you know, I have people ask me to do craft shows and I would love to do them, but I don't ever have enough in stock to do a craft show. You know, everything sells as I post it. Wow. What a terrible problem to have as an artist. <laughs> I'm very lucky. <laughs> you, you are very lucky. Um, there is something about coastal art. And, you know, I, I, I spent, have spent a lot of time you know, focusing on artists all along the coast. I mean, obviously, one of the most well-known is Walter Anderson and the work that he's done. But I'm sure that you spent a lot of time studying his work as well. I did. You know, when we were, I went to uh, a Catholic school on the coast, Resurrection. And when we were uh, in elementary school, they would take us to his museum and do all of that. And then um, there's a book called Horn Island Dream. Have you ever read that? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I I love that book. And um, when I read that book, I made a Facebook post about it and it got back to Wes, the author. And it was funny because I also like I connected so much with his character because that kid that was in high school and struggling, he found art as an outlet and a way to connect with other people and really find out what he wanted in life. It is is cool. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a recent documentary out about Walter uh, Anderson. Um, in fact, Robert St. John, the, the, the famous uh, Mississippi restaurateur, co-produced that. And there's a book out now. That that that, that Walter Anderson documentary, incidentally, is going to be, be playing in most of the public broadcasting systems across the United States. So, yeah. you know, for people who have this sort of obscure understanding of who he is, they don't realize that he's just literally a Renaissance man, this incredible artist that um, that was uh, certainly eccentric, but had this incredible love for the coast. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of our secret now, but soon <laughs> the world will know who he is and the impact that he's had on, on people like you, for, for a matter of fact. We're having a conversation with uh, an artist who grew up in Jackson County. She lives in Goodman, Mississippi now, but she does a lot of coastal art. When we come back for the final segment, we'll talk a little bit more about her unique approach to oyster shells, why she's working, has worked to find this, like, competitive advantage with the way she approaches oyster shells. Um, Kyle actually is going to show the Facebook and YouTube audience at least one photo from from that collection. And uh, we'll continue the conversation with uh, artist uh, Chelsea George. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm having a terrific conversation with my new friend, artist uh, Chelsea George. 
who uh, does a lot of coastal-themed art. She's always had it in her heart to be a bit, as she says, it crafty. She paints. She does unique kinds of things. And I would say, you know, 99% of the stuff that she does has some kind of a coast flair to it. And we learn a lot about the coast by looking at the interpretations that artists have of the coast. Uh, for example, for the Facebook and YouTube audience of the uh, painting we talked about that's behind her now. But, uh, but she has a very unique approach to, uh, to art that, uh, that she actually discovered she wanted to do during the pandemic, and it has to do with oyster shells. And let me tell you a quick story. When I grew up, I was in Bellevue. Uh, I grew up in Bellevue, and I lived across the street from Farrell Allman, who owns FF Allman and Gulfport uh, Clothing Store, he and his wife. And they had an oyster shell driveway. And I remember even as a small child picking up an oyster. And I was always fascinated by the different colors that there was in that shell. And at this time, I always, even as a child, I saw them as being colorful. There's something unique about an oyster shell and how, how it touches us, how it's sort of emblematic of coastal Mississippi in so many different ways, isn't there? It is. And I um, I tell people that I call oyster shells snowflakes of the sea because everyone is completely different. And that's what I love about making those magnolias, because no matter what, when you buy a piece, you're the only person with a piece just like that. Isn't that interesting? So It's so interesting. Have you had an opportunity to look into aquaculture uh, oyster shells versus those that are grown on the on the on the, the floor of the of the, sh- of the uh, ocean? Um. So what I get, <clears throat> I go to um, like restaurant parking lots. Um, Mikey's on the Bayou is one of my big ones, yeah. but unfortunately yeah. they shut down. Um, but I, I went to places like that to pick up. They would have really pretty pink and purple oyster shells, and those were perfect for ornaments. Right. Um, but I go out to uh, BioCassat and pick up shells out there. That's neat. That's that's so neat. So where did the idea to do a, a magnolia flower come from? Um, I, it was an accident. Um, I made a pumpkin first, and I said this in my last interview, but I made that pumpkin, and then I everybody liked the pumpkin. I posted it on Facebook, and then I went to make another one, and I flipped it over, and I saw that it looked like a flower. So that's where that came from. And then after that, I, you know, looked in. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't copying anybody so i went and looked as much on the internet as i could and i found a couple of different things but it wasn't what i had in mind so that's where i started so you started sort of layering the the shells but you had to first pick them out so talk about the process i'm i'm very picky about my process um i go and i look for shells that are cupped for the petals of the flower and um, I try to make a magnolia has nine to 12 petals. So I try to make sure that each flower I make has nine to 12 petals. And then I use completely different shells for the base and the, um, the leaves. So you want cupped shells for the petals and then flat. And I try to find shells that have barnacles on them for the leaves because it's really pretty to have the barnacle. Wow. That's so cool. And, uh, you probably did you debate whether you should paint it or not, or what was your thoughts about how you get to the final product? So the way I have mine set up, I I have to use uh, I don't like I have to use glue to make it look like it's kind of falling apart. 
and it has to be painted to cover up that glue. I've had people say, oh, those would be really pretty if you just left it alone. But if you look up close, it would not be pretty. But I've seen some that are not painted, and they're pretty, but I like to paint mine. <clears throat> That's great. Hey, Kyle, can you, if you got that photo, why don't you flash that photo up, and um, you can see there for this is for the Facebook and YouTube audience and the Super Talk TV audience, but uh, for the radio audience, kind of describe what people are looking at. So that's a larger one. That one, um, like that's probably one of the biggest ones I've made, and it's made with 27 shells. And the center of it is a pine cone, and um, it's it's really heavy too. I mean, that's one of my favorite ones. I, I don't have it here. I have one here. I have one that I'm working on now. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah. But I try to leave the bottom of it um, to where. You can see some of the shells because some people think that they are ceramic and they're not, you know, so I leave, I leave a couple of shells exposed and you know, they're really sturdy. A lot of people think that these are going to fall apart because they're oyster shells, but I mean, you can yeah. hold one and shake it. I, I work very hard to make sure they're going to stay together. Chelsea, were you surprised? I noticed uh, on your, on your social media it shows in some cases where you're making several of these at one time and the care that you take in selecting the oyster shell, et cetera. Were you surprised at how people responded to how the beauty of these? I was, um, I was surprised even when I first started, I hate the ones I made when I first started. I think they're hideous, but I also love them because they were part of my process to get to this point. But even then, I posted them and they loved them. And so I, I was surprised then and I'm still surprised now, but I'm more confident about what they look like now than I was then. Well, th well, thank you for sharing your, your creative side and your art. And for anyone who wants to learn more about her, you can look her up, Chelsea George Art. You can just do a search on that on the Internet. You'll find it or on Facebook or Instagram or your favorite social media platform. She's really smart the way she's using social media. And uh, <clears throat> it's been a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Nice to talk to you as well. You bet. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.